Welcome back to part two of deconstructing. Is it deconstructing or deconstruction and also reconstructing or reconstruction? Who knows? Your Who guess knows? is as good as mine. So whether it's deconstructing but also reconstructing or deconstruction but also decon- reconstruction. <laughs> It's going to be... listen. It'll be the ING, right, version? Sure. Okay, let's restart this. <laughs> we should have used that. All right, then use that one. <laughs> okay, part two. Enjoy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so shout out who you actually are. Makes me think. We were we talked about it a little bit, but... um, Well, one thing you said earlier quite a bit earlier and I wanted to mention it then but I didn't get to was you said when you went through your deconstruction process that what essentially was happening was you were getting rid of that which was false and what was your true faith is what remained that's what was left behind and Jonathan had brought up this verse to me earlier and I you know that one talks about anyone who builds anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials gold silver jewels wood hay straw but on the judgment day fire will reveal what kind of work each builder mm. has done the fire will show if a person's work has any value if the work survives that builder will receive a reward but if the work is burned up the builder will suffer great loss the builder will be saved but like someone barely escaping through all the walls of flames on our flames we could talk about how it was a separate conversation too but it made me think of that, just the burning up of the things that are not important yeah. and the burning up of the things that are false systems, the burning up of the things that we've been told are part of our identity that are not part of our identity, that we're this kind of person because of the color of our skin or because of our genitalia or because of where we were born or because of our age or because of our marital status or, child status. or our child status or any of these things that the church system tends to structure around people that if we aren't these things but they become part of our identity we go through the conveyor belt and that becomes part of who we think that we are but really part of deconstruction is letting the things that are not us and are not true be burned up Mm. and the things that are of real value able to remain they're the old that's the only and you and i have talked about this years ago it was where and I think it was one of those conversations that was super short because we just got it, but it was in essence, because I don't remember that many words being exchanged, but it was in essence, when we stand before God, we're just going to know. Yeah. Like the truth is just going to reveal it yeah, and we're just, just going to be, be like, we'll yep. know that we'll know that we know. Yeah. And I love that. And there was something else, I don't know if I'm I'm pivoting too soon, but I something else that you had mentioned when we were working this out beforehand that I loved about the conveyor belt and about all of the things that we are strapped as being, yeah. but how toxic this can be. And it's and to me, there's, it's no wonder why people are right. deconstructing. You know, in so many churches, there's the singles group and the marrieds group mm-hmm. and the young moms group. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're no longer single, where do you go? Yeah. If you're no longer young married, where do you go? Yeah. If you're no longer a young mom, where do you go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was saying, I, I feel personally like the system of church and the structure of church, like I said earlier, is a large part of the reason why people can't safely deconstruct and they're not invited to go through a process of asking questions. And because the church system is structured around this kind of artificial community, that's what we were talking about. So it's really programs, right? It's programs that you sell to people to um, put them, situate them in their 
appropriate life groups, you know. And there's no sinister intention there. No, there, I want it's to not recognize sinister. It's this, definitely not sinister. This is a business model that's supposed that's right. to, it's a, it was supposed to work. I mean, the whole thing too is, you know, using the word business, like it is church as business. And so when, when you create a church system that's run like a business and you're essentially, you're in some churches are franchises, um, I mean, truly, like, I've been listening to the to the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that is what it's called. And I am having a very hard time. I got through one episode and then I was done. I had I the first episode I had so many emotions that I I got like sick to my stomach and I was really angry and I had to stop listening and it took me a very long time and then I've only listened to part of the second episode. So I'm not I haven't gone through the whole thing. It's very very upsetting to me for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um but but the idea of church as a franchise, I mean, this is this has been modeled. It's it was this is how we made this church work with lots of people and it grew really fast. And so we're gonna replicate that in another place and then we're gonna replicate that again. That's literally a franchise. I mean, that's a Burger <sighs> King. And so that is hmm. deeply problematic because what I was saying to Jonathan earlier is we're trying to make something that's meant to be a spiritual living organism. Yeah. A man-made growth machine. A subway or a Krispy Kreme. Right? Like we are we are trying to churn t- turn a profit and produce a product instead of letting God have his way in producing an organic living people. Hmm. And th- those two things cannot coexist in any real way they are they are they are opposed to one another just from a spiritual sense let alone from an in the natural i mean they're they have nothing to do with one another so then we have this problem of trying to raise up people that are spiritually mature and can you know weather storms like how do you weather a spiritual or a faith storm inside of a franchise like how do you weather a faith storm in a burger king you can't it's impossible you can only do that in a healthy vibrant living faith community when you've actually been equipped right where you've been where you've been shown what it looks like and where there's space made for you to go through that Mm -hmm. and where you're invited to deconstruct and modeled how to reconstruct that's yeah. not that's not the job of fast food restaurants. That's just not what they do. And I mean, obviously, I'm overstating that, and I, I'm using these crude oh, terms. We already disclaimed ourselves. No, I know, and I'm not. Again, like I say this too. We talked about this in the organic church episode. I do love the local church, and I know there are so many good things happening. Of course, I'm talking about as a whole, and I'm talking about these, I'm making these generalizations. But I know enough, and I know enough people who have really been hurt by these structures and systems. Yeah. And then I still get to the point where I it begs the question: like, when is enough enough? Yeah. When are y'all gonna realize that this system is causing more harm than good? Hmm. I have a question for you. Do you think that it could possibly be true that all of the denominations that have been created over the, specifically the last 100, 200 years, or 200 probably at this point, especially in the United States, mm-hmm. were from people who deconstructed, mm. then who figured it out how to hear from God, mm-hmm. and then who franchised that model? Mm, that's a good question. I think, I mean, a lot of the like 
big megachurch pastors um, that I'm at least peripherally familiar with. I don't know them that well, and I've never really been a part of that, you know, time period. Um, they haven't, that I know of, really gone through deconstruction. That's not the story for a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but like Amy Hempel McPherson. Okay? Yeah, yeah. She's the Foursquare. Yeah. You know, and they're super charismatic, and it's great. Yeah, but- there are people like that, and I think – I, I, I think, think I just are, made up that name, by the way. I don't even know. But I know who you're talking about. I think there are uh, like some one-offs of people who mm-hmm. have gone through something like that. But I think a lot of those – those the celebrity pastors that we – whose names we're familiar with, I don't know that they've necessarily gone through deconstruction so much as they've found a way to market. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this – I'm actually saying this even based off of this podcast because – like listening to Rick Warren, the pastor Ooh. of Saddleback, um, and look, Purpose Driven Life, like I know that that has changed people's lives. Like if I read that now, I'd be like, okay, that's this is not going to offer me probably much of anything. But I know it's changed people's lives. But he said, like you can hear him talking about how they strategically chose where to plant the church. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But where they chose to plant the church because they knew it would produce the most growth mm. and they would get the most people in the door. And that's what they wanted. And this wasn't a guy who went through deconstruction. This was a guy who went through business school. He he saw he <laughs> he knew how to, yeah, he knew how to produce an outcome. Yeah. Right. So, okay, this was the thing that Jonathan said to me that kind of blew my mind was he was saying, I was kind of complaining about church system as a whole, like that's the problem. And he was like, Well, I actually think it's really theology of growth it's the theology of growth it's a misplacement in the theology of growth man says growth is this numbers ties you know people in the seats the size of your building right that's growth but god's growth is spiritual growth and it's very often growth that we can't measure not in the way we want to jonathan on his own did this whole a scriptural study of the word whenever the word grow is used in the bible it's never ever never associated with a qualitative quantitative quanti- i always mix those up quality n quan number because i'm I doing know. i'm doing a mixed I method know. research I always, right now i know them i just mix them up I every know. time i do too quantitative quan number n qual quality l- letters yeah uh, story yeah quality it's never associated with numbers let me just say it like that Never, ever is the word growth or grow in scripture associated with numbers. That's crazy. Yeah. And yet almost all churches, whether they're itty bitty or super, super big, people are talking about numbers. And that is, uh, you know, I mean, switching over really quickly to diversity, equity, inclusion work, you think about how much we could have made so much money this year if we had just done one workshop. Mm -hmm. So much money. But we said, no, we got to work with you over time. And because it was not about quantity, it was about quality, that we actually want to have a name that stands. Like we want to actually have uh, and, and not just we, but a lot of DEI, yeah. like true DEI work, true true any work is this work that has the results to prove it. That's right. Are your people actually inclusive? Are your people modeling the tenets of yes. Jesus? Do they look like Jesus? Right. Can, can you spell well, Jesus? Well, what, what you're talking, what you're referencing too is accountability. Yeah. 
And you're t- you're talking about accountability. You're talking about maturity. Yeah. And something that's- And autonomy and, too. Yes, autonomy. Absolutely. And something that's rooted. If you are just measuring a baseline of growth of people, that's not- that's width, not depth yeah. necessarily. If we want to help bring up the next generation of mature Christ followers, that's people, that's more than just numbers, right? That's a spiritual maturity. And I think a lot of that just doesn't happen inside of the yeah. traditional setting or the yeah. mainstream setting. Um, you can ask most people. People who, listen, we used to be a part of a mega church. Okay, so I can say this. And I have lots of friends who are still at a mega church type church. For almost all of them, myself included, the the place we had connection and relationship was not on at a Sunday service, yeah. right? Everybody knows that. It's not sitting in the pew on Sunday. It's in a small group or a home group or a Bible study or a women's group or a men's group or a this or that. Even if they're life stage, you're being pushed into life stage, it's because that's actually more of the kind of setting where you can grow and connect yeah. and be grounded. Yeah, I think, and you know, it's interesting how you ended up answering my question because it was different than how I was answering because I was thinking like Methodist mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Presbyterian. Like I'm talking about the way yeah, yeah, back, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the four square. Yeah. Like those must have been people who were, or like Martin Luther, right? Yeah. Martin Luther deconstructed. Oh yeah, if you're talking about. That's what I meant. You're talking about like, like church history, church history. Yes, Martin Luther was he deconstructed. absolutely 100%. And he created Lutheranism. He 100% deconstructed. He said he examined and pulled apart what the church was teaching at the time. Yep. And he said, oh, I've actually looked at the Bible for myself. <laughs> oh, guess what? I read the Bible, y'all. And Which this is what the Catholic it says. Church no, says that people no one read was it. reading the Bible. Yeah. I mean, he read the Bible and realized that what they were selling was a load. And yeah. he actually said... I disagree, and here's my 95 reasons why. Yeah. I'm going to nail it to the door. So full deconstruction. I mean, there's lots of – I do think there's instances of that. And yes, to your point, yes, if you're asking it from that time frame, absolutely, there are instances throughout church history where people have done that and then broken off yeah. and created, yeah, their own churches, their own church movements or denominations. And it's interesting because, you know, I think we should probably transition into what reconstruction could look like because it's not a does look like. There's right. no such thing as what, there's right, right. no, and I and I balked at your five pillars of yeah, yeah. whatever, yeah. only because it's such <laughs> clickbait, right? It's, yeah, it's, totally. it's three or two or 12 yes, or yes. seven, right? There is no formula or clickbait for reconstruction. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that there is something to be said that a lot of times reconstruction can form something that ends up needing to be deconstructed. So what does this teach us? It teaches us never to glom on to a a certain theory or a certain way Mm -hmm. too hard. And I have to remember this. We all have to remember this. And because sometimes I'm thinking if people just knew X, it yeah, would, and I know I right, thought right. that four seconds ago. Right, that if it would people just could be, just experience Jesus, yeah. if people could just hear from the Holy Spirit, it would be so simple, right? And yeah. that's a super privileged comment, by the right. way. But I sometimes I think that's all it takes mm-hmm. because even the other day a friend was over and they were it was a couple and they were kind of commiserating, like, okay. We're in this deconstructed place and we're happy to be in this deconstructed place, but we really miss worshiping God in 
Yeah. In that we really miss that That feeling. corporate setting. That corporate setting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fascinating. Or we don't, they're like, we don't really know how to engage our faith practices yeah. in the way that we have been practicing right, right. them our whole yeah, life. Absolutely. Right, mm-hmm. You've been doing yoga your whole life and all of a sudden now somebody says, do Pilates. Right. Or I don't know, start biking. I'm yeah. not sure. Like, you got to reinvent mm-hmm. your, your practice. Yeah. And it's difficult to learn how to ride a bike if you've been yogaing all of these years. <laughs> and yogaing. Yogaing. Um, so that is something that I had a lot of compassion for is what does it look like? And even now I will confess this, that sometimes I even anointing myself with oil. Yeah. Is that true faith or mm-hmm. is that actually be, I'm doing it because I'm feeling afraid? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm doing it because I've always known if I, if I want the Lord to be near, anoint myself with oil. I've known to do this since I was 18 years old. Yeah. So now, even though I'm like really, but like, but do the Bible you think, also says anoint. But yourself do you with think oil. that God isn't if here if you don't anoint yourself? You know what, Nicole? If you, if think- I'm being real honest, I, me myself and I, three days ago, when I anointed myself with oil. It was as an assurance to make sure that God knew that I knew that I wanted him near. So that's a kind of, you just made it a tr- much trickier answer. I did. Basically, no. Your answer is right. I, it wasn't any, there was no faith involved. It was yeah. fear. It was fear. Yeah. I mean, saying if that's, if if the motivation, if if the testing is, I don't necessarily believe God's near if unless I do this, then he wouldn't want you to do it. Or I think this, if I'm really being honest, yeah. and you know I like to be honest, yeah. it's letting God know that I want him near. Want him near. Right. That I get. That's like the heart of a child to me. Oh, well, then my faith is so pure. Well, I'm just saying that <laughs> it makes me think of a child being like, hey, dad, I want, you know, I'm going to do this thing and I would really like if you were there with me. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Oh, um, good. Well, then I'll continue well, to write myself. I'm not saying I'm the right <laughs> – I'm like the knower of the things. I'm just saying as you're speaking that because I yeah. know you and also God knows your heart. Also, whatever. It's not a sin if you anoint yourself and you were a little scared when you did it. There's That's what I'm saying. There's so many things we could get all wrapped up in like, should we do this? Should we not? He's with you regardless. That is true. He's and with I'm you still learning whether that. you do or don't do. And that's what, I mean, I think we all, listen, at the end of the day, post-deconstruction, that's where we all want to get to, right? Just knowing like God is with us. He loves us. He's with us. And maybe that's why we have to deconstruct is we realize the system, we realize we're in the matrix. Yeah. And no, I think about the matrix whenever I think of deconstruction, I always think of Neo. And then do you want to take the pill or not? Like (laughs) you can't go back. You can't, you can't unsee. You can't. Once you you see it, you can't unsee it. I mean, you You could be like the dude who wants to get plugged back in. Mm-hmm. And actually, I was thinking about that. Some people do. Some people, I think, have a taste. And then they're like, oh, no, 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 it's too yeah, much. It's too and much. then they get plugged back into the system. I mean, because most people are inherently lazy. Like it's Jay-Z. hard being outside of the system. It's yeah. not easier being over here where we are. Heaven knows. <laughs> no, it was lazy like Jay-Z. Oh, lazy like Jay-Z. Jay-Z. I didn't That's it. Froggy Fresh. Google, <laughs> froggy Fresh. Google on up Froggy Fresh. Froggy and, Fresh. And I will say right now, you're welcome. What up, Chad? 
Um, so we'll be fitty. It's a shout out to Am our I friend allowed, Chad. Is, is, wait, is my saying fitty as a non-black person a cultural appropriation? I approve it. It doesn't offend me. All right. It might be a cultural appropriation. I mean, I'm I do sorry. think like it's ever a conversation. Someone but knows. Chad is also black. Chad is black. So we're saying that for Chad. And I, I mean, I could say it. Happy 50. Happy 50, Chad. Chad. Um, I mean, if I'm really going to be my culture. Happy 50th, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my have gosh. Have a really, good day. Renee imitating <laughs> her dad is one of my favorite things on the planet. Um, um you know, and here's here's something. My dad called me today because somebody in his life who happens to be quite entrenched in evangelical fundamentalism would not hear. My dad is an Enneagram hardcore three, mm-hmm. uh, retired as vice president of a company. Is I saw him cry once. Yeah. And that was the day that I told him that I was being molested by his nephew. Oh, God. All right. He cried today on the phone. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've seen him cry since yeah, yeah, then because I know. Yeah. he actually does have Jesus in his heart. But because he doesn't have evangelical fundamentalist right. Jesus in his heart, there's somebody in his life who is telling him, I am surrounded by so many people who make me so mad. Are you, this is like an epiphany mid I'm not, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm just so angry. I'm. But you know what? This is why I'm even more convinced that deconstruction is so necessary for so many people because the al- the alternative is toxic. He cried to me because this person was basically, until you believe like I do, oh, I'm never going to support you. No. And I'm never going to support any family member. Until you believe like I do. Correct. Correct. Oh, it's so And that's not angering. even like I know what his you're old religion because he was a, yeah. a, a sick Sikh. What do you remember? The Americanized version is Sikh because Americans don't want to refer to a religion as Sikh. But guess what? That's what it's called, people yeah. in Punjabi. And, you know, unless you are unless you believe this like brand, and not even Christian, but this brand of Christianity, right? Voting this way, thinking this way, talking this way, watching this way, watching the shows this it's way. It's unbelievable. Right? Not getting vaccinated, so whatever, not believing in COVID, not believing in masks. Right. It all, it's it's very, very current, it's all of the things, eating horse paste yeah. instead of That's getting vaccinated. Fully rooted in, in – Right? In, all of this. In evangelical nationalism. And this man in crisis could not go mm-hmm. to this entrusted person. Right. And, in, and had to call me because he's like, you're the only one – and listen, this is not self-congratulatory. But it was like you're the – he's like, you're the only one I can talk to. Yeah. Who's not going to make me feel ashamed. Uh-huh. And shame me and and or or shut this down. Or, yeah, and I've actually been criticized for that, Renee. You should be shutting things down. You should be shaming person, shaming shaming person. people. Sorry, that was not. You English. should be shaming person. I should be shaming person. You should. I should be shaming people. Why? <sighs> because that's what Jesus did. That's, that is not what Jesus. All did. that shaming that Jesus did of people. You remember when we were talking about how was only- people don't read the Bible. Um. The only shaming he did was that of the religious elite who said, if you don't think and talk and watch and vote and vaccinate and horse paste like we do, then you're not shamed people. I mean, he calling some, he called them out. Calling people out. You're right. You're right. Touche. Touche. I get it. I'm just saying. You're right. I mean, there is, there is no, there is no scriptural slash Jesus loving basis forever shaming anyone you're right and oh it's so angry 
the thing, the if you don't think like I do, that's the that's also part of why people are deconstructing. We got to get to the reconstruction part. I mean, but I feel like we're out of that there. Is There's the, no formula. That is the unity versus uniformity, yeah. which we talk about in our private conversations a lot. And it comes up so often because it's so poignant and prevalent. Unity is not uniformity. And uniformity, which is what the church system likes to sell, is not unity. Correct. Same thinking on an issue or all issues is not unity in Christ and it never will be. Mm-hmm. Unity in Christ is a spiritual practice and process that is supernatural, that comes through the Holy Spirit. Uniformity is man. And it's control. And control. Because of fear. 100%. It, it all comes, I'm telling you, it Again, always comes they back are not. to fear. They are not. Oh, I hear a little tummy tummy. Yeah. <laughs> are you hungry? <laughs> they cannot coexist. Okay. Reconstruction. Boop, boop. Okay. Here, here's what I think the core boop, of reconstruction boop. is. The What is the one thing <laughs> Jesus did? He laid down his power. And what is the one thing that Jesus says? Greater love hath no man than this, that he who lays his life down for a brother or sister. He says brother, but yeah. I'll add in sister, sister. There to modernize the, the culture, the cultural context. When we lay down our power, mm-hmm. when we lay down that which we know and we do it for the sake of the other, yes. that is the gospel of good news. So true. So That's good. reconstruction. That's reconstruction. So churches, generally evangelical churches, but just the church system, I don't really have an answer for if people are inside of that system and wanting to get out of that system and are deconstructing and they want to know how to deconstruct inside of that system and reconstruct inside of that system. I don't know that you can. I'm going to be really honest. I don't know that you can fully. Maybe you can in certain contexts. It feels... Everybody does it together. It feels like it would be really difficult to be in that environment and go through any kind of real deconstruction process where you're pulling apart what you've been taught and told because then that's just being reinforced inside of the system that you're in. So, I mean, ideally... When I think of this, I think of if you are to the point where you don't want to necessarily walk, I don't even, I hate the expression walk away from Jesus or like walk away from your faith. It's so, it's so, it's such a negative connotation. It's so loaded Mm -hmm. as if people are just flipping. It is shaming as if people are just flippantly like, oh, I'm out. And then just like walk away. It's not even what it is. It's better than the 90s backslidden. Backslidden. You backsliders. Um, if you reach the, if you're to the point where you're thinking, I don't actually know what I believe and I don't even know if I believe any of this anymore, that's, that's one place that people land. If you're where you think, I don't know what I think and I still want to go through the process of figuring this out. And I mean, I guess it applies to both wherever you, if you're on either side of this, my encouragement would be that you're able to find some kind of community mm. where you can do that safely and openly and in a supportive environment with people who care about you yeah, and who will not shame you and who will let you ask the questions and who will let you be angry and grieve and be sad because the whole process is, in so many ways, it is like a death, yeah. right? It is a grieve, a grieving process. I feel like I... I feel like a huge part of me died when I went through deconstruction because I 
didn't know what I thought I knew. And I had to let go, like you were saying, of so many false narratives. And then you have to do the work of what do you replace those with? What do you then let in? What remains is the real, the stuff of real value, but do you bring anything else in with you? And you have to be in an environment where you can do that in a loving way with people that love you. And I would just, I would pray and encourage you if you're in that spot to be able to find and seek out, and we've said this before, one other person, two other people. It doesn't have to be, you know, 300 people going through this at the same time. It's probably better that it's not that, but something and someone or a couple of people that you feel like you can safely discuss those things with. Yeah. And I love what you're saying. And I want to add to that, that so often I, in my deconstruction was, I was afraid to like lift up my hands and worship God Mm -hmm. in my room because I was afraid that I was doing it. I wondered. I, I don't think I was afraid, but I was wondering, am I doing this out of religiosity mm. or am I doing this out of faith? Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, and I so. had to kind of recalibrate and say, who am I? What is my faith expression actually going to look like? Mm-hmm. And I have so many friends who are in that space right now of going, okay, how do, if I can't worship corporately, how do I worship maybe communally? Yeah. How do I do it? Yes, missing the music is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And that, that was one of my favorite parts of yeah. going to big church. We call yeah, it big church, big church. Right? Yep. versus little church. Um, and so you have to think about, well, what is worship going to look like? Yeah. What is praise going to look like? Because all of that still has to exist. Mm -hmm. What is engaging scripture going to look like? It does not have to look like a religious uh, 10 minutes or 45 minutes a day. Daily devotional. If that's that's your jam and you need that, like working out at at the gym every day, you need that to have a sense of sobriety. Oh, I've had so many seasons of a good QT, quiet time with Jesus. But then I've also had seasons where I'm like, I don't have to do this to be worshipful. And sometimes you have to detox from the devotional. Correct. And sometimes you have, because you know why? Because those are other people's thoughts during their times of prayer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So my thought is, well, what are your thoughts during your time of prayer? Maybe you start creating your own devotional that doesn't end up with a Zondervan stamp on it. (laughs) But I mean, it's true though. No, I know. And the other thing that we were talking about beforehand the evangelical and even the fundamentalist church has often said when mostly women, but sometimes men have been in abusive relationships with men who have maybe been addicts or physically or verbally or mentally abusive. Mm -hmm. And listen, mental abuse, you might not have a physical bruise on your body, but mental abuse, get it? (laughs) Mental Mental abuse is some shiz. It um statistic or not statistically statistically. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They say studies say it it causes just as much mental anguish and damage, oh, yeah. Yeah. psychological damage, as if you were struck. One hundred percent. People want to act like it's so, this lesser of two evils. Infliction. No, it's it's, it's worse. Not. Mm-hmm. But and even the the Lord says does the Lord say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me? He does <laughs> not say that. Mother goose. Because I'm words sure that's can goose. hurt you. The Lord says, you know, a morsel, something. Look in the Proverbs. It's something about. A morsel? Something about words and morsels. Go look it up. Also, a morsel is such a good word. It goes, a kind it's word spoken so is like a, darn it. Underused. It's, it's, look, I got to bring morsel back. 
Aptly, yeah. When my kids ask right, wait, for wait, food, wait, I'm going to tell them up. to ask me for a morsel. Yeah, a morsel. morsel. Can I have a morsel Can of a morsel, chocolate? please, lady? Um, all right. So often the church has told women or people to stay with their partners who are abusive because yes. God hates divorce. Mm-hmm. That's right. God hates divorce. <laughs> God does hate divorce. He's, I he's, mean, who doesn't he's, hate God divorce? God is so, so on abuse, but he but really who, hates who divorce. Who doesn't hate divorce? Divorced people hate divorce. Divorced people right? hate divorce. Everybody hates divorce. But here's what divorced people don't hate. Mm-hmm. Being free from a toxic person. An abusive person. If you have to divorce a system mm-hmm. in order to go to a partner yeah. who is all loving, all kind, all truthful. Look, yeah. they, he might call out your shiz. Yeah, he Jesus might does call that. out your junk because Jesus does have a tendency to do that. That's right. And when we come into the presence of the Almighty, yeah, all that is false goes. That's it has right. to. It can't stay. And with that, leave your abusive spouse. Leave your abusive Leave your abusive system spouse, your abusive spouse system. And as you walk to your new spouse, keep in mind that you're not always going to get it right. Yeah. That you're not always going to, you might have another counterfeit come at you. Mm -hmm. And look, the counterfeit, because look, on the other side, uh, there's a liberal cultishness Mm -hmm. too. That's right. The whole, um, the liberal wokeness of like uh, yogaism and, you know, healing and this whole kind yeah, of spirituality this spirituality universalism this, yeah, even. This universalism mm-hmm. this whole idea of well we have the answers and right. if only you could and just the power is within this you side and the power you have the power that is just as cultish as evangelicalism right. and evangelicalism in, in my opinion is a cult mm-hmm. and to get rid of it and to walk toward jesus is truly i think a an act of salvation not the salvation but an act of salvation yeah so that's what i'm saying to do and your reconstruction is in that process toward who the actual god is and how that god would have you engage and for me as i'm driving look this might sound a little freaky deaky it might sound a little woo woo (laughs) and guess what i don't care Jesus sometimes shows up on my passenger side and just has a conversation because some of my deepest friendships and relationships have been in a car. And I think he knows that. And he knows how often, not so much this year, but I'm in a car a lot. Yeah. And he's just next to me. He's seated at my right hand. At the right hand. (laughs) But not in that kind of sense. (laughs) And he just kind of talks to me and he he asks me about my day. And we just... we have a good conversation and he affirms me and he corrects me. And you know what? Sometimes I go for a drive just to have a little yeah. bit more Jesus. I love it. It's so good. And that's a that's a ritual that I don't I, I've kind of gotten out of practice this year. So you know what? There's a new ritual this year, and I don't know what it is yet, but it'll happen, and I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> but because it's evolving. Who, How I worship God at 20 is different than 30 and different than 40. And as I'm approaching the big old 5-0, it's going to look different as there too. As it should be. I mean, that's. I think too, that's really the hope and the goal and the mindset we should all have. I don't want to be engaging with Jesus like I did when I was 18. I don't want to, in some ways, be engaging with him like I did when I was 25. And I don't. And because like any real relationship that's a living and active relationship, it will naturally evolve and grow and mature and look different. And that's okay. And there's times where it's going to look some ways and there's times where it's going to look other ways. 
I think we mentioned, um, you know, we talked a little bit about like where you land post deconstruction or as you're in reconstruction. And I wish that there were a bunch of safe places and churches that people could go and just fill them up with their presence as they're deconstructing and reconstructing, but that doesn't really, they don't really exist. Yeah, they don't. Um, that. Maybe Richard Rohr and some, yes. like maybe the Enneagrams people. Some yeah. people I are, a lot of people are landing in progressive Christianity and I don't necessarily think that's wrong or bad. I think that when you're leaving behind the toxic systems of, of evangelicalism that we've been talking about and especially for a lot of people that are leaving because of 2020 that you want to be in environments where certain things are being accepted and acknowledged and affirmed and yeah. spoken about and um it does for me leave it it really kicks up even more discontentment and discouragement for me when i look at the overall landscape of evangelicalism in america and think all of these other churches are failing to offer a safe place for people going through deconstruction. So then why are you all surprised when people are leaving and going to progressive churches? Because those are the churches that are welcoming them and are allowing them to go through the process that they're going through. Um, I don't, I'm not pretending like I have a solution. I'm just pointing out the fact that you can't totally F up the system, be a part of the system, create victims of the system and then criticize people when they leave the system and go to some, go somewhere else. Well, remember, my rule and my motto, always follow the power. That's right. Yeah, it's true. Always follow the power. And where there, where there is the power, if people are not willing to let go of the power. That's right. I mean, it is. This I, is why you have to fight the power. This is why fight the power. Fight the power. Fight the system. Yeah. Well, I mean, gosh, it's so true. Yeah. And- so people who are not willing to give up their power mm-hmm. are not – I don't trust those people. 100%. If you are not willing to give up your power, we're out. And lay down your power like Jesus did. Then we yeah. actually have nothing to talk about. Correct. Because you're actually not modeling Christ. That's, That's the exactly. one thing. I think that is the highest thing that Jesus did was lay down his power. I don't know, highest. But I can't think of my ad, uh, adjective. I, know, I get it. And so if you, as a minister of the gospel, mm-hmm. cannot lay down your power – then our conversation is done. That's right. That's really good. And the same thing for me. Nicole, if I am in a place where I am not willing to lay down my power, please call me out. Evan, you too, all of you. All of you have permission to call me out if I am not laying down my power. The good news is, is I don't have a whole lot of power. Well, we do. I mean, we do. Well, it makes me think too of just there's the I mean, I got a lot mutual of mutual and corporate submission mm-hmm. to the headship of Christ. That's what's that's almost what's essentially impossible in a hierarchical structure is the mutual corporate submission to Christ together, everyone. Like I submit to you and you submit to me and we submit together to Jesus. That is how you can in that structure and in that way, in that kind of community, you can safely question your faith and question and and, and question God because you're all submitted to the same thing. Yeah. Anyway. And submission requires it. A laying down of power. That's right. It, that, it, yeah, inherently. It's humility, right? And even, I mean, this week I was doing a whole series on equity and the whole idea that that if leadership, 
if you stand up to leadership and there's retribution, that's not that's not leadership. That's autocracy. Yeah, you're an mm-hmm. autocrat, not a leader. Yeah. If you know, again, the unity uniformity business, these kinds. Uh, I mean. The church has suffered the same ills as a lot of corporate America has. Yeah. And corporate America is coming to a reckoning right now. Yeah. And so is the church. It's so true. And, and I mean, there's, because it's all entrenched. It's it all is. entrenched. It's very, it's very much American capitalism. Um, This was one thing, maybe one final thing that I wanted to say before we wrap up. Yeah, is, how long is this episode? I don't know. It's like a five-parter. Five parter. Welcome to part five of not only but also, in which Nicole and I are now seventy five years old. We've celebrated how many birthdays? Um, that we've been talking this whole time. I kind of realized at the end, as if the person listening were going through deconstruction or has has already gone through deconstruction, but maybe you haven't or you aren't, but you but the people around you are mm. or have. And you're uh, judging the crap out of them. You're totally judging them. And you should stop. And I would want to admonish you kindly, but firmly, to – well, that's what admonishing means. Firmly, but, you know, firmly. I think you should shout. Um, listen. Be kind. Offer grace. Offer love to the people around you. If there are people around you that are asking big questions or even little questions about their faith, Open yourself to those questions. Open yourself to those people. Open your home to those people and their questions. Pray with them. Listen to them. Do not judge them. And do not shake a finger at them. Do not quote platitude, Christian platitudes and give them pat Christian answers. Just be with people who are going through this. Mm-hmm. There's that great Bob, Bob Goff. Uh, yes. He said in one of his books, and I've never read the book. I just know the quote. He said, I used to want to change people, and now I just want to be with people. Yeah, there's a big difference. Don't try and change the people that are going through this process. It's so painful. Just be with them. Just be with them. That's what they need. So if you are the type of person who used to be surrounded by people and now you're no longer surrounded by them, ask yourself, mm-hmm. Am I ask, if I, do I have a tendency to want to change people instead of just wanting to be with people? Mm-hmm. It's not always it's not always the reason the case, why, but it, but sometimes it could be. It could be, especially in 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 ministry, mm-hmm. that if you're just looking for the open to share the gospel, mm-hmm. that's not actually sharing the gospel, or correct people, or tell people what they're doing wrong. Yeah, that's not, or that's to, not the that's not the good news, or to get them to repent from sin immediately. <laughs> like sometimes, listen, I actually don't believe that we can change our behavior apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that. I've tried with the power of the Holy Spirit, and I still have. Some I mean, problems. willpower is a real thing yeah sure but it's not a my husband has way more than i do but it's not a lasting it's not always a lasting thing and it's definitely not a a spiritual um process that's just a yeah but some things people don't change until they come into the power of the holy god it's true and stop getting them to change and just be with them that's a a good word nicole it's a word bob goff I, th- I oh yeah Bob Goff he's a seven he's the seventy of all oh, seven yeah whenever I, I think of Bob Goff I think of balloons oh yeah he is very like let's have a party why. I don't know why I feel like we did not give any answers and that's precisely what we were hoping not to do I feel like I didn't 
start this episode thinking I had any answers yeah. and I felt very discombobulated we when we started. Of, we didn't get into a fight, but we got into a little we bit of yelling. We got a little heated before we recorded. Nicole I think we got really heated and then I was like, all right, all right. And then I got a little heated and then we were like, oh crap, should we do this episode? And we did it. We did it. We, we womaned up and we did it. We nutted up and we stuck it out. <laughs> we titted up. We titted it up and we landed. We stuck the landing. Did we stick the landing? I don't know. From the Russian judges, well, we, we get a seven point five, and Bella. Remember Bella and Bella the Norwegians Caroli. give us a six. The the Bella Carolis and the Bella. What's his actual name? Bella Caroli. Oh, we said Lugosi. I did. I said Bella Lugosi. <laughs> uh, it's classic. I, I never can remember Caroli until today. What? I I could I was in I was on a different podcast and I said I could, forgot his name. Oh, it's perfect. It doesn't. Even, it's it's exactly. I'm a podcast like, whore. You are. You're just so, bouncing around. I, know, I hate that word. This is no shame to whores because also whores are lovable. I don't think too. that you said your catchphrase this whole episode, and I feel like maybe oh h o r s e yeah s h i t yeah. Look, evangelicalism <laughs> and fundamentalism is peak horseshit. <laughs> Perfect. Peak. 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 Steaming. Piling. Peak. Steaming. High to the Himalayas. Horseshit. And done. But deconstruction is and can be very necessary and lovely and hard. And, um, you know, don't hesitate to reach out to us if you want to talk to. Correct. It's true. And demolition is not the same as deconstruction. Correct. That's and, my other my And other I think thing. reconstruction is necessary, but reconstruction I think looks different for everybody. Agreed. That's great. That was a perfect little tidy bow. That was a freaking 10. Ooh, stuck it. Had our classic charm gold. and humor, a little classic. bit of more like meandering and a meandering, fine dose metal. of horseshit. And Tokyo, we're out. Peace. Uh, truly and honestly and most wholeheartedly to the people of, in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. We see you, we love you, we understand that your political and societal system is jacked up. And we are hugely, huge contributors to that. We are praying for you and you're in our thoughts. Yes, absolutely. And there are no solutions even to that. This is true. But peace to all of you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We did it. So, here's what we would love for you to do. Rate, review, subscribe, and tell us how much you love us because we are just so lovable. (laughs) So lovable. But it actually does make a difference and it does help people find this podcast. If you like this podcast and you care about not only but also, you know, if you drop a little line there on Apple Podcasts and give us a little review... It actually means something. It does. And on Facebook, on Instagram, on any of these kinds of things. Listen, if we in any way have helped you see the both and better, let other people know so they too can see more clearly. We are Noba Podcast everywhere. Thank you.